This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. This episode of The Emma Gunn Show was originally published in August of 2017. It's with Dr. Sahar Rockhead, a GP and bioidentical and integrative medical specialist. And it's where we talked about the fact that lots of female patients would go to her and say they didn't feel right, but their blood work would say everything was normal and absolutely fine. And she realised that there was a very strong link between hormones and our general well-being and how even a small imbalance, one that might come back as normal on a general test, can contribute to you feeling really not quite yourself. So in this conversation, we talk about how you should be feeling during your menstrual cycle in terms of what's normal and what's to be expected. We take a little look at polycystic ovary syndrome, why a 360 approach to wellness is really important and why knowing you, why knowing yourself is so vital because it'll help you navigate those changes as you enter perimenopause and menopause. All of the links will of course be in the show notes, but please do enjoy this conversation with Dr. Sahar Rockhead. So here she is, finally, Sahar Rockhead. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Now, just give me your full um, job title. My credentials. Your credentials. Um, So I'm a GP, proper proper doctor. (laughs) Um, Before I did general practice, I did about 10 years of other NHS medicine, A&E surgery, Um, Now I do a lot of hormone balancing Mm -hmm. and I try to work as a holistic GP. Mm. So what that means is that I've done training in integrative medicine and functional medicine as well as hormone training and I try and combine all of them together for a more natural approach to patients and a bit more of a 360 approach as well. So 
when people go to see their doctor, sometimes they find that there's just one problem that's focused on. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think we all have many different things that all interlink. So mm-hmm. I try to link all those things together and put it together to help my patients achieve total health. Now, I have you on the show specifically today to talk about hormones because it's been a hugely requested show from listeners. And top people have asked me to get into topics like PCOS and just hormone hormones in general, uh, touching on the menopause as well. But I guess, listeners, if you have been a regular listener, you will know that um, I talked about having my own hormone issues. And the thing I loved, and it which speaks to what you just said, is that when I came to see you a few weeks ago, I word vomited lots of thoughts and feelings in front, onto you in your office and then you asked me the best question anyone's ever asked me because I'd been in and out of the GP for 18 months saying something's wrong I don't feel right I know my body something's not feeling correct and after I'd said all of these things before you said anything else you said what do you think it is yeah so I think we all have an intuition about ourselves and a lot of us have a feeling about what might be happening or a fear of what it could be and I think it's really important to address that so I might have said to you I think it's this that and the other Mm. but if deep down you feel like there's something really significantly wrong with you or um, you know you're worried there's something sinister going on I need to address that before we Mm. go any further I see health as a combination of things there's definitely the physical uh, which we'll talk about a lot with the hormones Mm -hmm. but there's also the emotional aspect of the way health affects you Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of what we feel is due to the emotional and that can be the way it's affecting our life the way we see ourselves the way it affects our confidence and self-esteem I think that's huge And then there's also a spiritual aspect of health, Mm. which I think is really important. And that's really well addressed in things like Ayurvedic medicine and traditional Chinese medicine. But we don't always address that in Western medicine. And I think that's really important to address as well. So if I don't know what's going on in your head, and nobody ever knows what's really going on in our our heads, right? Mm. But if I don't address that, then I'm missing a big part of the puzzle. So I think that's really important to try and identify. And... In your experience, would you say that the majority of the time, maybe not they're right, because then people would just start self-diagnosing, but do you think that that is one of the most crucial... Is it as important as a blood test result, for example, what that person says when you ask that question? Yeah, I think it is. So we'll we'll talk a bit about blood tests and kind of how I interpret them, but I think that it's really important for me to know what's going on for you, mm. how it's affecting you on a, a daily basis. So, you know, just to give you a bit of a background, I, when I was a normal GP in South Wales, which is where I did my GP training and where I grew up, actually, um, I've lost the accent a little bit, but yeah, that is where I grew up. Um, what I used to find is that you could see someone who, who comes in with a lot of symptoms and you do a lot of blood tests and then you go good news um your blood tests are normal isn't that great Mm. and they'd be like no how is this great (laughs) and I really remember significantly this woman just breaking down Mm. and going well you're telling me I'm fine but I'm telling you I'm not fine because I can't get out of bed I can't look after my children I can barely hold down a job my relationships are breaking down and you're now telling me you're I'm fine Mm. well I'm telling you I'm not fine 
And I realised that was a big mismatch in medicine because um, not all doctors, of course, but I think conventionally we quite a lot rely on blood tests. Mm. But what's going on emotionally is actually a huge part of the puzzle. Um, and really weirdly, actually, on my first day of medical school where I went to, uh, went to Southampton, um, the dean gave us a talk and he said... Uh, the most important thing you're ever going to learn is that if a patient says they have pain, they have pain. And like, I didn't really understand what he meant. Like first day, I was like 17. I didn't really know what was going on. But as the years have gone on, like 19 years later, mm. that really still resonates with me because doctors, we don't have all the answers. We're here to help you and guide you. And that's very much where I see my roles. I always say to my patients that I may be the doctor and I may have done training and different things, but you are the expert in you. Mm. So if you're not already in tune with yourself, I need to help you to learn how to do that so that you then become the expert and I just guide you in the right direction and we try this or we try that Mm. and then we we do it together as a partnership, not the old-fashioned, I'm the doctor, you're the patient, so Mm. you have to do what I say. Um, so I feel like that sort of partnership works really well. So if I can just get my patients to be more in tune with themselves, I think that's really, really significant. How do you go about that? How do you do that? If someone's coming to you and they want an answer, and like you say with Western medicine, you go and you say, oh, hi, doctor, I don't feel like this. Oh, yes, well, you you fit the criteria for getting X drug, but it's cookie-cutter kind of practice but that's what we're used to. Yeah. Headache, yeah. paracetamol, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So how do you change somebody's mindset so that they can work with you? So I think a lot of it is about education and information. So I think um, the NHS does an amazing job every single day, and I think it's fantastic for acute emergency problems. If you've got an illness, um, you can go and get that treated in a, in a really great way. Mm. Um, but... If you've got a more chronic problem, or a lot of people have symptoms which aren't necessarily a disease, but are causing dis-ease for mm. them, then a slightly different approach is needed. Right. So you have to tailor the approach according to what's going on. So I would say to people, um, if because we're talking about hormones, um, if, if you're having a cycle, a monthly cycle, what I want you to do over the next cycle is write down what symptoms you're having and where you are in your cycle. If you're having a gut health problem like bloating or wind or irregular stools, I would say you need to write down what you're eating, how you feel emotionally, and then what was going on with your gut symptoms Mm -hmm. so that you can then start seeing patterns. So I talk about hormones nearly every single day. Hmm. So I can relate every single little thing that goes on with my cycle and it's not always down to my cycle like if I'm in a bad mood it's not always due to my cycle maybe someone just really annoyed me that day um, but I, I know the difference right? because I can relate like how much I can do in the gym the way I ache after I you know oh well that's normal this week because I'm in week four of my cycle right. so I'm very in tune with it but of course I've been doing this for years and I talk about it every single day but I want my patients to be as in tune so that's a really good point listeners I really want to provide takeaway in this um, episode so let's talk about our cycle so day one is when you start your period yes day one is always when you start your period 
and the the last day is um, the day before you start your period again. So um, as a general rule, the first week, all your hormone levels are quite low while you're menstruating. Mm -hmm. They start picking up after your period. So between day five and seven, they start increasing. What will having the low hormones while you're menstruating mean in terms of how you may feel? So everyone is a little bit different. Some people, and it kind of depends what goes on in week four as to how <laughs> you feel in week one. Okay. So some women feel a bit more low energy in week one, a um, bit less able to do things physically. You know, you can get the sugar cravings and the carb cravings because of the low hormones. Mm. Um, now, week four, just to go back a little bit, that's quite significant because that's when your hormone levels start dropping, particularly your progesterone level. So progesterone is a hormone that we don't really talk a lot about. We all talk about estrogen, that's our female hormone, mm. really important. And it is really important. But progesterone is equally as important because I think it's our happy hormone. Yeah. Good <laughs> levels of progesterone make you feel calm, make you feel in control, um, help with your sleep, help with anxiety, help with worries, help with bloating and fluid retention, improve your skin, improve your hair. So women who are pregnant have really high levels of progesterone to sustain the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And that's why some women absolutely glow when they're pregnant because they right. have amazing skin and amazing hair they're really serene mm. because they react well to their own progesterone so obviously in your normal cycle you're never getting to those sorts of levels of progesterone but if you do get a significant drop in your progesterone that can cause the severe pmt right. so mood changes skin changes bloating fluid retention all those sorts of things. So I think progesterone is really important for women, especially women who are having a cycle. Mm. And that isn't something you can normally get from your GP. And the other thing just to mention is that people have probably heard of the progesterone-only pill. Yeah. Um, that isn't the progesterone made by your body. That's a synthetic progestin and ironically, it can cause the opposite of all the beneficial effects of progesterone. Oh. So it can cause um, bad skin and it can make your hair greasy and you can put on weight and you can feel more depressed. So people are often scared of bioidentical progesterone. Um, bioidentical just means progesterone that has the same chemical structure as what your own body would make mm -hmm. that's all so if you use it in a cream form or in a tablet form it can almost trick your body into thinking it's your own progesterone your body recognizes i go hey i know this molecule i make this naturally i know what to do with it i understand it but if you're taking a synthetic progestin some not all women but some women will have some negative effects because the body's like hey i don't recognize you and i don't fully know what to do with you so i don't know how to metabolize you okay. so that's why you get the difference interesting so week four your hormone levels start to drop yeah so week four the levels plummet mm. which is normal because you're not pregnant and you're going to have a period but sometimes if you have a, a very big difference in hormones or a rapid drop in progesterone that's why you can get the significant pms type symptoms okay so then 
week two is that when everything begins to pick up again yes week two is when things start improving so week two or around day 14 ish it could be a little bit earlier or a bit later in certain women that's when you ovulate and that's due to a surge of estrogen so from a biological point of view your body is uh, releasing an egg so you're at your most fertile mm. so the high estrogen makes you feel a bit sexier um, <laughs> gives you a bit of a you know a sway in your hips as you're walking down the street <laughs> um, your skin is brighter your eyes are brighter you probably have more energy than normal some women notice physical changes in their body around ovulation so some women get a pain in their side mm. lower down when they ovulate it's called mickelschmelz Mickel what? Um, mickelschmelz <laughs> um, so you get this pain on the side that you ovulate from but not all, not all women get that and that doesn't mean you're not ovulating um, if you check your temperature it can often be higher as well at that time of the month so not only do you look hot but you feel hot <laughs> there's the two things going on there and then um, in terms of vaginal changes you might notice some mucusy discharge mm. because that's there to trap the sperm to get you pregnant essentially <laughs> sorry about being graphic but you know it's biology so. it's biology and it's um, it's what happens yeah and so Week three would be... So week three is when you get a little bit of a surge in progesterone. So you might feel a bit calmer because the progesterone is there biologically to thicken the lining of the womb for implantation of this fertilised egg. Oh. And then if the egg isn't fertilised, and oh, well, nothing's happened this month, I better drop progesterone levels so I can have a period and shed that lining of the womb so we can start the cycle all over again. So is it as simple as you could have a two weeks which would be weeks uh, two and three, where you'd feel pretty great. Yeah. And then the other two weeks, not that you necessarily feel bad, but... You feel not as as good. good. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's kind of... When I came to see you at me personally, it was... That was the kind of language, wasn't it? It's like not as good or different from... As opposed to something really concrete. Yeah. But as I've said to you and I've said to people before, I think I've said it to the listeners, but with other podcasts... I've lived in this body, so I know when I feel like it's working and it's not. Yeah. Or when something's amiss, mm. which is why when you said, what do you think it is, it was great. So it's those sorts of intangibles that I think a lot of the listeners have emailed in about is that I don't feel like I can lose weight anymore. My body's reacting differently. Yeah. Um, is it my age or is it my hormones? That yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So I think everybody, as you say, knowing yourself, knowing your cycle... But how do you know if there are if you are having struggles if it's sleep maybe you feel anxious I don't pick up a newspaper or a magazine these days without an article about anxiety or stress sure yeah so if you are experiencing what tend to be modern symptoms of feeling stressed overtired not managing your nutrition well because mm. you eat on instinct how I know it's a very broad question but how would you advise somebody that that it might be worth looking at their hormone levels. Okay, so some unravelling is needed. And when I see someone, I definitely ask them about what's going on in their cycle, what's going on in their mood. Do they feel it changes across the month or do they just feel crap the whole month? Mm. Um, Some people do, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it isn't your hormones. Um, But I think just what you said there, um, that's completely right, because... I also ask them about what's going on in your nutrition, what's happening with your stress, 
Um, is there something going on at home or at work or emotionally? Um, let's be honest, if you, you live in London, you're probably a bit stressed, you know, that's part of the lifestyle. Um, do you exercise? Do you take supplements? Uh, because all those things will also affect your hormone balance. Right. So I may see someone, check their hormone levels, say, yeah, your progesterone's a bit low, your testosterone's a bit low. We can talk about testosterone for women as well, because that's mm. really significant. Um, and maybe we need a little bit of it now to kind of re-kickstart your body, but we also need to address all the things I've mentioned, your sleep, mm. your stress, your diet, the way you move your body. So all those things are really significant. Is there a chicken and egg thing, though, of... Um particularly with something like stress or anxiety, where I remember when I was diagnosed with PCOS when I was a teenager, I was a miserable sod. Yeah. Slash actually depressive. Sure. And at the time it was, oh, that can be one of the things that can come hand in hand with polycystic ovaries. So if you do have a stressful lifestyle and it's leading you to feel stressed or anxious... Yeah. Is that one factor? But then also, if you've got a hormone imbalance, can it magnify it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So that's why if I see someone and the hormone levels are irregular or not quite what we would expect or not in balance, then I normally will start them on some hormones or some sort of hormone therapy. Mm. Because I think if you're feeling really bad and you're under a lot of stress, your diet isn't great, you know motivation isn't there if I go to you look you just need to change your your diet and your whole lifestyle and reduce your stress and meditate for 10 minutes a day and go to the gym you're going to go I'm already overwhelmed and you've just given me 10 more things to do so (laughs) I think if you can get someone feeling a little bit better then you're going to be able to make better choices instinctively anyway. Mm. So you'll be like, do you know what? I do feel a bit better. I'm sleeping better, so I've got more energy. So I'm going to go to the gym. And because I'm not running on complete, like an empty tank, mm. I can cook instead of just eating fast food and make a few changes that way. Mm. So I think that's the more sympathetic way of doing things. Mm. But of course, you know, if I'm seeing someone who's young, who's like, 30 or you know in their 30s early 40s you might not want to take hormones for the rest of your life and hopefully you won't need to once we get the other things in balance but let's kind of give the body a bit of a kickstart mm. and give you a bit of a kickstart and then we can start addressing things as we go along now i mentioned pcos and so i'm going to come back to it yeah and i don't want to make this the what is the emma gun show but i don't <laughs> want this to make me just about my situation but I have had listeners email in about PCOS. If you Google it, it says it's a condition that affects one in five women. The symptoms can vary. I will let you describe it, but a bit of an umbrella term to um, represent an imbalance in hormones. Symptoms can include acne, weight gain. Um, I actually had a GP years ago who refused to dispense metformin and pill to me because he said, PCOS, go and worry about something that's actually happening like global warming. Oh. (laughs) No, I know. (laughs) Um, So it took me a while to actually be able to get back and find a doctor who would give me those things because I felt like I was unravelling when I wasn't taking them. Yeah. But PCOS, if it affects one in five women, what is it? I know that's such a big question. Sure. So PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, is what it stands for. 
It's a um, triad of three things, but you only need two of the three things to have a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Those three things are uh, cysts on your ovaries on on an ultrasound scan, uh, as the name suggests, Mm -hmm. on the tin. But not everyone with cysts on their ovaries has polycystic ovarian syndrome. That's really important to Mm -hmm. remember and to know that. So the other two things are abnormal blood markers, so that they they can be things like um, conventionally a high testosterone level or high levels of something called sex hormone binding globulin, which is a protein the testosterone binds to. Mm -hmm. So that's normally the sort of blood findings you're looking at. Um, when I see patients, I also look for a low progesterone level. Okay. So I do my blood tests around about day 21, the second half of the cycle. Um, and some doctors will say, oh, you know, why do you need these blood tests done? Your hormones vary throughout the month. But once you've seen thousands of blood tests all taken at the same time, you can see the changes mm. in them. And then the third thing is symptoms. So the types of symptoms people can get with polycystic ovarian syndrome are um, weight gain, um, hirsutism or hairiness. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And um, mood, mainly, Mm. and acne. So they're they're the main sort of symptoms people will experience. Mm. Um, And what we know also about polycystic ovarian syndrome, you mentioned a drug called metformin, which is also known as glucophage. Mm. Uh, And that's really important because having true polycystic ovarian syndrome puts you at risk of diabetes in the future. Um, Something people always worry about with it once they've been given given, given a diagnosis is how it impacts fertility. Right. Because some people with polycystic ovarian syndrome have reduced fertility but that doesn't mean you're definitely going to have it and that doesn't mean it's not treatable and manageable Mm. so conventionally the way it's treated is by exactly what you said Emma taking the pill and taking metformin and that kind of regulates the hormones albeit in an artificial way because Mm -hmm. when you take the pill it suppresses your own hormones and you get a certain amount at different times of the month that Mm. causes a regular cycle but my approach is that I want to get to the root of the problem so that's where using the bioidentical hormones can come into play so trying to regulate the cycle in a more natural way by using bioidentical progesterone at certain times of the month is something I do. Also looking at what's going on in diet. Is there things in the diet that could be making the hormone imbalance worse? Um, What might that be? So, in general, because everyone's different, I'd have Mm. to find out what your diet was like first, if I said. Um, But in general, it would be removing refined carbs from the diet getting good quality protein, but also very good quality fats, your coconut oil, Mm. your flaxseed, your avocado, your nuts and seeds. Um, That's all really important because all our hormones are made from cholesterol. So if we're not having good levels of good cholesterol in our body, Mm. it's going to be really hard to regulate the hormones. So I think we've moved away from that whole I'm scared of fat thing um, and kind of realised that fat isn't that bad if it's good fat. Um, but you wait till next year when there's a backlash. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but sugar, we need mm. to look at sugar and how we can balance sugar because that's really significant. Okay, interesting. Sorry, I interrupted your flow to find out what the diet was that's in terms okay. of. Um, you would be looking at people's diets. Yeah, and then also in terms of 
balancing your hormones. Exercise is really important because it releases not only your endorphins and your feel-good hormones, um, but it will also help balance your own, your own hormones, your estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. So that's really important. And not just cardio exercise, but lifting and strength and weights. Really important for, for women. Really? Yeah. So actual so exercise can actually help balance the hormones? Yes. Yeah. But it's tricky because if you have a very high cortisol level, doing mm. a lot of intensive high cardio exercise can actually make that worse. So this yeah. is why I look at people on an individual basis mm. um, because very high cortisol... Um, you're probably not going to benefit from doing tons of cardio. It's probably one of the worst Worst things things you can do. So I would say, right, you need more yoga, pilates, walking, those sorts of things for a month or so, and then we can build in um, more strength training and a bit more cardio. Okay. Because talking about cortisol, which everyone loves to talk about, cortisol is our major stress hormone. Yeah. And if you have very high cortisol, it can actually rob your other female hormones and they will be turned into cortisol. So you've got high cortisol and then your your cortisol starts um, stealing your progesterone levels um, and your testosterone and then you get lower levels of progesterone, for example, so you don't feel very good. But on top of that, you have a higher cortisol, so you do feel more stressed and you have more inflammation in your body and then that affects your weight and then that affects your blood sugar. It's a vicious cycle. It really is. Yeah. And it feels, as somebody who was on it as a teenager, and I, I've said this before in the podcast, I was 11 when I started getting symptoms. Yeah. When I got, and I was 17 before I was diagnosed. I don't remember the six years in between pretty very much. No. At all. No. I was a bit of a zombie. It's a really stressful time of life anyway, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. And I navigated it flawlessly. You know, it was so easy. Um, <laughs> but I speak to... And I had nutritionists on here and now you and I speak to friends every single day of the week who tell me that they're stressed or they're not feeling great and it is just a symptom of modern living and then someone throws in a word like inflammation and the reason why you when you say vicious cycle it does feel like you can try one thing yeah and it could be right I'm going to do one yoga class a week Mm. and that's actually quite a lot of effort yeah it is like getting get it packing your yoga bag making sure you leave work on time getting to the place so that your mats you know you get a mat all of that kind of stuff can and then that's actually not doing the whole thing that's just a tiny bit that you need to do yeah so when I've done these interviews with people and I interviewed Eve Kalinic the nutritional therapist and then followed her gut program yeah at the time I said why doesn't everybody have a gut program because if everybody knew what was going on in their gut then at least you can work on that. And after I saw you, I remember saying, everybody needs to know what's going on with their hormones. Well, everybody does. I'd agree, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, let's, but the reality of it is, and I, you know this, and I think the listeners know this, I kept going to the GP and I had three lots of blood tests taken. Yeah. And when I said, please, may I be referred to a specialist? It was a no. The practice wouldn't sign it off. And so then you're left in a position where you have to spend money on getting these things looked at. Yeah, I think that's the hard bit. Yeah. But, and like you say, well, it's a positive investment, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm not going, I don't want to put those words in your mouth because I know it's really difficult for you because otherwise, because it sounds like, yeah, come and see me. But the, the 
the benefit of even in three weeks since I saw you I've told I've told you the difference in how I feel is enough for me to to really want to keep going yeah and so my message to anybody would be it would be worth the investment but obviously I appreciate that money is something that we can't force somebody to do but what I think what I'm really trying to say is if you are feeling crappy if a GP can't help you if a yoga class isn't fixing it if if there just doesn't seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel Mm. could it be your hormones and therefore is it something worth investigating I think so and I think the way to approach it for people where it is going to be a stretch and, um, you know, it is, it is a significant investment um, in, in money and in time. Uh, you know, there's certain tests you can do that track your cycle over the month where you spit in a pot every other day. You know, that's quite a big uh, sort mm. of time constraint as well. Um, I think that make sure that the basics are in place if you can. Mm-hmm. So look at where are my weak points in my diet? What can I do there? Um, maybe I do need to look at the way I'm exercising and manage that Uh, let me see what I can do to regulate my sleep maybe even a sleep supplement might help Um, what can I do to help manage my stress are there any supplements that might benefit me um, that you can take things like Agnes Castus Mm -hmm. which a lot of people take in the second half of their cycle to help balance the hormones let me try those things first if I am unable to invest at the moment Mm. and see if there's an improvement and if there isn't then we know the further investigation is needed that's the advice I'd give to people who really feel like this would be a stretch for them what does Agnes Castus do because I remember reading something years ago and taking it for a while and just sort of taking it with hope not with not with intelligent reasoning so Agnes Castus um is uh the other name for it is chaste berry Uh, So it's plant-based, and it just helps to regulate the hormones. So some women take it throughout their cycle, but I do normally say to take it in the second half of your cycle where you're more likely to have an imbalance. However, if you tell me that you have an imbalance all the way through your cycle, I'd say take it every day and see what happens. Um, An evening primrose, you know, these sort of things that, you know, our mothers told us, they, Mm. they have some backing behind them. That can also help to regulate the hormones. So I'd say that that could be worth trying for two or three months, two or three cycles, and seeing if that helps at all. But I think information is really powerful as well. Mm. And it depends on sort of person you are, but um, obviously doing the sort of work I do, I, I get all my things looked at, really. Um, so I've had my hormones checked, I've had my cortisol levels checked, um, I'm psyching myself up to do my gut health test <laughs> I think you might have done so I think you know oh yeah you do need test. to psych up you need it's to psych up it's not super fun is it so I keep putting that off um, do it but it will take you by surprise yeah <laughs> I know I keep getting people to do it but I, I haven't done mine yet so I've got to practice what I preach yeah um, vitamin and mineral screenings or DNA testing looking at my genetic um, makeup and my risk for certain things and um, you know the way I methylate which generates energy the way I metabolize hormones I think information's key and if you can get the information at a say a younger age mm. where you feel not so bad even you know so preventatively then say when you do hit menopause you know what your hormone levels are like when you felt really great 
and then you know what they're like now you're perimenopausal or in menopause so you know what we need to aim for essentially so I think that's quite empowering really empowering yeah and I think I've walked around for years going oh, waking up and thinking yeah I don't feel good today and I remember I was staying with a friend once and he just said do you ever feel good when you wake up in the morning and I was really wounded yeah but it was a sign of actually I knew but I just didn't know who to go to or what to do to feel better so yeah. I probably just you know had a massive latte yeah <laughs> and went for a run and then yeah. exhausted myself because I was just on caffeine and exercise so I see hormones as the foundation to health really because the way I, I started to, to do this sort of work is that um, I started off by doing a lot of sort of nutritional supplement type consultations uh, like I said trying to do things more holistically mm. so going right you've got this condition you could take this drug but maybe if you took these supplements that could be of some benefit and what, what can we change in your lifestyle and then quite often I was giving these giving people these holistic prescriptions and then they'd come back in a couple of months and go well I did everything you told me to but I don't feel any better and the arrogant doctor in me would be like well you mustn't have done it right to you're just pretending but then I started to read and learn about hormone balance and then it clicked for me and really made sense that that is exactly what is going on. So the hormones are your foundation. It's like you're building a house. Mm. If your foundations are shaky, it doesn't matter about your amazing bricks and your fantastic builder and the type of cement you're using, which will be your nutrition and your exercise and your supplements because the foundations are shaky mm. so until we get the foundations right even though you're trying your best we're not going to get the results you want so it is that thing of if there are women out there and we're coming on to men now but if there are women out there who are feeling like they're banging their head against a brick wall yeah and that's the kind of situation where you went to a gp and dare i say you could be put on some sort of antidepressant or you could be put on something else that actually doesn't address, as you say, what's yeah, going on with those foundations. it's just sticky plaster, isn't yeah. it? It's just plastering over the problem. We're not healing the wound. Mm. We're just going, oh, let's just tape it all up and stop the bleeding. Mm. So I feel like that, for me, that approach doesn't work. And, you know, I've worked in hospital medicine and as a GP full-time for 10 years so I've seen it. I've mm. been in A and E. I've been in surgery. Done mm. elderly care. I've done. Um, I did three years of psychiatry. So I feel like you know, as an all rounder, I've seen it from every single perspective. Yeah. And the thing that troubled me when I was doing my 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 um, hospital medicine jobs is that I knew how I would look after myself instinctively, and I'd be like, well. It doesn't make sense because if I'm not feeling well, I'll go, what have I been doing? What have I been eating? Um, is it sleep? Is there something emotional going on for me? And I really saw that when I did psychiatry, mm. that that really has to be addressed. It's not just about taking drugs. What is going on emotionally and spiritually for that person? Mm. Um, and it just didn't sit well with me that I would want to treat myself one way but I wasn't able to treat patients in that same way. And if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. That's what led me to, to branch out a bit and see what else was out there and see if there was a way I could treat my patients in the way I'd want to treat myself. This is a really big question that I've just thought of. <laughs> but um, do you think that you're seeing more people who you've talked about um, the different approaches do you think that the spiritual part the holistic side is so un uncared for that actually people generally are a lot unhappier yeah I do I really think that and I think it's for a number of reasons I think it's very British not to talk about those sort of things whereas you know um, I went to an Ayurvedic um, retreat in India for a week and every morning we had to get up at 5.30 and do like a chanting ceremony and a spiritual ceremony and every evening we had to close our day like that and um, you know I think we've churches used to be the focus of the community mm. and that isn't the case anymore um, and it's kind of become a bit uncool to like talk about religion and things like that but I don't think you have to be religious to be spiritual mm -hmm. at all I think that you can look at the connection you know with the universe just you know to find something that you believe in if, even if it's nature if it isn't God you know mm -hmm. um, I'm not here to tell people what they need to believe in but I personally think that having some sort of belief system even if it's your own one that you've constructed mm -hmm. is of benefit to believe in something bigger than yourself or to look at even you could look at it as your contribution to the world. You know, what is my significance? Why am I here? A purpose higher than yourself. Mm. I think that if we look at life in that way, it really helps. Because a lot of people who I see feel a bit lost. Mm. And they're like, well, I don't know what to do now. And, you know, my children have grown up. Or I'm not sure why I'm here. And I'm not sure what I'm meant to be doing. And then every day is a real chore. If that's the way life feels, then it's literally like, oh my God, I'm going to pull myself out of bed again. And every day is a huge chore. And I think the other slight problem is that we've got a little bit of breakdown of community as well. Mm. So I'm from South Wales, 
where you do see a different community spirit in the valleys and in the way people like pop in and out of each other's houses and probably a lot more close-knit than maybe living in London where I think I'm in the minority because I know a few people who live in my apartment block. Mm. <laughs> um, I know quite often people don't know their neighbours at all because that's the sort of way we live these yeah. days. And more and more people are living alone. I live alone. Mm. Um, you know, I don't have children, don't have a significant other. I'm not, you know, looking, pr- promoting this podcast to find one, but I'm just mentioning it. <laughs> but, you know, you can often feel a bit alone. Yeah. So I think that we need to create our own communities mm. And if that isn't a religious group, maybe a social group or, you know, a group where you've got something in common, be it, you know, your your dance class group or your yoga class mm. or something where we can feel a bit more connected. Yeah. I Interestingly, I was listening to Anna Faris's podcast, Unqualified, the other day with Ava Longoria. Yeah. Ava or Eva, she was talking about that. And she was talking about the fact that um, the idea that the buck stops with her was quite frightening so she loves believing in something bigger whatever that might be and exactly like you said it doesn't have to be a religion it's just believing in something bigger and Jen Sincero the author who's written the the You Are a Badass books she said oh you have to believe in the universe and you have to believe that the universe has your back that's part of just like getting up in the morning and having that mental grit definitely that's, that's interesting just because I do feel like I'm sure if you spoke to a GP who's been practicing for 50 years, they would say, obviously, that the ailments that people come in for today are vastly different. Definitely. From what they were 50 years ago. And I think sometimes when we can't deal with our emotions or what's going on, um, you know, on a mental level, it does turn into symptoms. Mm. It's trapped energy in the body. And lifestyles are different, so... There are things that we could be doing, the stress of the commute, the stress of whatever it might be, could be knocking those foundations and just making them a bit thinner. Definitely. Whereas they would have been more robust years ago when perhaps our lifestyles were, well, not perhaps, lifestyle was so much more gentle. Yeah. And I think, you know, there were different things to worry about. So, Mm. you know, my parents are Indian. They came to this country in 19, I think, 76. Uh, with one suitcase and £25. How many times can I tell you that story? <laughs> I've heard that story a lot of times. Um, and, you know, my dad grew up in Zambia in Africa and he was from a very, very poor family. And him and his brother used to have to walk to school two miles every day. They had one pair of shoes between them. So he used to take it in turns to wear the shoes. That's different stress. Mm. You know, we I don't have it like that. You know, my stress is all like oh, I don't know what to do on the weekend and things Five like that. Five people carry it back yeah, and First world problems. I'm very aware of that. But I think those sorts of issues nowadays, they are our issues yeah. and they do have significant impact on the way we feel about so ourselves. So we mustn't diminish them. Yeah, we shouldn't dim- diminish them. And, you know, I think we're all a bit like, oh, first world problems. Um, but they're still a problem. And if it's a problem for you, we need to look at how we can address mm. that. Good point, well made. Let's talk about men. Okay. <laughs> because men, um, men have hormones, hormones too. too. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, the, that's a great title for a book. Yeah. Um, men have hormones too, but they don't get ribbed about them. And so, no. oh, it's her time of the month. No. Oh, why are you in a bad mood? Smile, love. <laughs> um, all of that kind of... I was heckled in the street yesterday. Oh, Not about that, about red lipstick, of all things. Oh. Because, anyway. Um, we have male listeners. We have listeners from all over the world. 
Can men be affected by hormones? Definitely, definitely. How does it manifest with those dudes? So I do see more women than men, but mm-hmm. I do have male patients as well. And um, when so a woman has a significant decline in hormones at menopause, mm-hmm. which we all know you basically go to zero hormones at some point. Um, and a man doesn't, but a man still has a decline in hormones, mm. normally from 40s on, I'd say. It could be late 40s in some, it could be 50s in others. Mm. Um, but the sort of symptoms they notice are things like, um, similar to what a woman may notice, actually, low mood, mm. gaining weight, not being able to do as much in the gym, an issue with focus and concentration, um, and uh, yeah, just kind of like low energy, not as motivated, mm. all those sort of things. And men are easier to treat than women, if I'm being honest, because they've got testosterone, and uh, women, we've got estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, mm. and we have to get the balance right in right. all of them. Whereas men, it is a little bit easier to treat and them. And men, do, do men's hormones stay constant? Because obviously they do not have a cycle. Yeah, they don't fluctuate as much throughout a month because there isn't a massive male cycle like a woman has. Right. Yeah. But I do see men, and the consultations are very different. So I find... Women build up to the consultation, they're excited, you know, they've built it up, they have some hope, come with a list sometimes, um, have a lot to say, which is great, I'm really happy about that. Men come in, uh, why are you here? Well, I'm not sure, should I get my hormones checked? Or their wife has sent them in sometimes. <laughs> so quite often I see um, husbands of, of my female patients, because they're like, well, I'm fine now, now he's not right, he needs to see you. Interesting. Um, and the consultation's quite short because I think women are a lot more open with their emotions and the way they feel and men aren't necessarily but by the time we've known each other for a a few months they're normally quite open with me which is nice Um, and again all the same things need to be addressed Mm. in men as well as women it's just the approach is slightly different because um, they might not want to talk about everything straight away Mm. but the approach is the same we need to talk about lifestyle we need to talk about what's going on emotionally or what's going on at work, um, and, you know, in terms of, you know, travel, busyness, long hours, mm. um, all those sorts of things. So all those things are equally as important in men and women. Yeah. Now, going back to women, I know a lot of listeners have messaged about weight. Yes. So, again, we probably have a chicken and an egg situation here. Yeah. But if you want to lose weight and your hormones are not in balance... Yeah. Will it be harder to lose weight? It's going to be harder. Via diet and exercise. Yes. But what if you're dieting so hard and exercising so hard that you still lose weight anyway? Are you actually making the hormone problem worse? Possibly. Could be making the cortisol issue worse. Right. And we know that high levels of cortisol cause you to store fat. Right. Um, After menopause, when the hormone levels are quite low, that can affect your metabolism as well. Okay. We haven't really talked much about testosterone in women, which I think is really significant and really important. Well, let's touch on that, because that was a thing that I had a massive excess of, so I sort of hate it. Yeah. (laughs) But it probably shouldn't be hated. No, not for everyone. Mm. So for some women, testosterone is really important. It gives you your drive. 
um, not just sex drive, it does work with that, but also your motivation, your drive. I always say, like, you know, if you watch one of those sort of American TV shows like the kick-ass lawyer mm. type, she's got good testosterone. <laughs> That's what we're aiming for, right? <laughs> so, you know, somebody's really on it, really sharp, good focus, good concentration. Viola Davis and How to Get Away with Murder. Yes! Exactly that. That's a woman with good testosterone. I just like the idea of you of you watching TV, seeing her win a case, and going, "Oh, her testosterone must have yes. been skyrocketing." A lot that of day. testosterone there. That's very significant. So I think it's a very important hormone for women, mm. and it does decline often from uh, you know thirty onwards. And then that's going to affect your metabolism. That's going to affect your shape because it's going to affect the way you build muscle. In what way? How would it? How might it affect your shape generally? So, um, good levels of testosterone, again, a bit chicken and egg, mm. help you build muscle and help you burn fat. Mm. Um, but exercising, like strength training and building muscle, will also help you make more testosterone. So, I think that the two are interlinked, mm. and it does also affect your metabolism. Interesting. Do you watch Royal Housewives of Orange County? I don't, no. Okay, no. Well, we won't use that example. But there's <laughs> an example in that that I just suddenly thought of. So muscle isn't a bad thing. And I think women are really... I think Women's Health magazine and other similar magazines and forums have made it really clear that muscle isn't a bad thing. Muscle is good. Mm. Yeah. Less fat, more muscle. That's yeah. what we want, right? And also I had Dr. Murad on the other day. Yeah. He said that... Um, muscles 90% water yes I listened to that <laughs> I couldn't believe it yeah because fat because and fat's only 30, 30% water I think yeah but also because famous Arnold Schwarzenegger quote if it jiggles it's fat because fat does jiggle yeah it feels like it would have more water more fluidy in it. yeah but no no so anyway I didn't know that um I feel like the hormone situation is actually really hopeful yeah I do too. And I think if... Obviously, I'm really keen not to make this just about me, but I have personal experience here, and so I know how dark it can feel when you just don't feel particularly right. And the fact that you and I sat together three weeks ago, and since then, I was telling Sahir before we started recording, she said, oh, how have you been getting on? And I said, well, do you know, can you believe it? I got out of bed the other day had a bit of a stretch, got in the shower and almost fell over in the shower because I couldn't believe I'd got out of bed and got into the shower without having to have, A, a massive mental debate about, you can do it, Emma, you can do it, honestly, it'll be fine, just get into that shower and everything will be okay. Or this feeling like gravity wasn't trying to pull me down and pull the covers back over me because I was just like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. So in three weeks, and that's not consistent, obviously, these things are all fluid and it's not everything linear, but... That's remarkable. Yes, good improvement mm. in a short space of time. And I think then that then proves to you yeah. that the issue has been your hormones. And also it gives you the flashes of, as I said to you, old old Emma was like, and I want more of that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think, yeah, so I am going to make sure that my diet is on point. I am going to make sure that my exercise is very good I am going to make sure that I'm going to bed every night at the same time so it all feeds into the other and one of the things that I wanted to ask you as well you've talked about being a GP in South Wales and also we are today in Knightsbridge we are yeah are the problems the same yes we're at the Omnia (laughs) clinic which is a very beautiful clinic on Montpellier street 
If you are looking for a landmark, it's opposite Harrods. It is. (laughs) (laughs) So South Wales to Harrods, that's quite a journey in and of itself. Yeah, it is a bit. Um, I think when I realised this is the sort of medicine I wanted to do, um, I thought that it's... I kind of needed to be in London really Mm. and uh, for the first year that I was working in London at a a different clinic um, I used to only work one or two days a week because obviously it takes a while to build things up Mm. so I would work in South Wales on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday get the train down on a Wednesday night and then work on a Thursday and Friday in London and then get the train back and um it was just such a massive contrast for me, but I think a good contrast. I think these things keep you grounded. Mm. Um, like some days, I'd be sat in the car, stuck in a in a jam, because some sheep had decided to cross <laughs> the road in like this valley. Um, I have to sit there for like half an hour and wait, and then the next day, I'd be like walking down Montpellier, um, uh, Marlebone High Street, paying fifteen pounds for a salad. <laughs> so I was just very aware of these changes. Um, and obviously the people were seeing the same doctor, whether they're seeing myself in London or seeing myself in, in South Wales. But yeah, of course the approach is different and the issues people have are slightly different, but I think the approach is the same. Mm. So um, when I, I look at my approach, I do tailor it to who I'm seeing mm. in terms of, you know, what can we do? What are budgets? What's realistic? I think all those things come into play and that's really important because you can't give people things to do that are going to be completely unobtainable for them. No, this is the thing. And like you said, there are things that you can do for yourself. You can keep that record of your cycle. You can. There are many, many apps. I will put links to some if you have any that you recommend. We can put those in the show notes, but then you can also begin to see a pattern. Yeah. And I think... Being a bit more... um, I have a friend who unfortunately wasn't very well a few years ago, and thankfully she's recovered. But she says that one of the greatest things that she does is she'll just get into corpse pose, the yoga pose. And we're going to talk about yoga now. Yeah. We uh, And she just does like a full system check. Yeah. Just like, how am I feeling? What's not quite right? If it's not quite right, what do I need to work Mm. on? And that's not just the physical niggles of, you know, maybe her back's a bit achy that day. It's like, how do I feel? Yeah. And that takes five minutes. Um, but let's talk about yoga because it's something that you're massively into. Yeah, I'm not very good at it, but I do it. <laughs> I just want to emphasise that. I too am a work in progress, but um, I show up and I do it. Is that a part of the whole 360 approach? Is that one Definitely. of the massive pieces of the pie? Yeah, I think it's really important. It's really important for your mind. Um, you know, when you're, you've got an amazing yoga teacher like I have, mm-hmm. who I run my retreats with in uh, Fortaventura, um, when you've got a great teacher, not only are you physically moving, but you're getting spiritually in tune with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is really significant. But, yeah, I think it's really important to do a range of different things. And I think yoga is as important as everything else. What happens if you get the patient who sits in front of you and you start saying, you know, yoga and spirituality and you can see them switch off? Yeah, so I've got to meet people where they are. Mm. But if they switch off to every single thing I suggest, then we need to go, right, we've got a problem here. Mm. Because in order to improve, you're going to have to make some changes. So what feels comfortable for you? And if it's nothing then I have to be honest, you know, maybe we've got a little bit of a problem here or maybe there's a block. So mm-hmm. what is that block? Why do you feel like you can't make any changes? 
And it could be a whole host of reasons. It could be that they've already done loads of stuff and nothing worked. So they're like, well, why should I try more mm. stuff? It doesn't work anyway. But I'm like, the reason, you, the fact that you're here, you've got some glimmer of hope. Mm. So we need to try and tap into that and find something we can do. But I think that, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to the thing, I've tried this, I've tried that. Yeah. And I think I told you, I tried the Tim Ferriss slow-carb diet and it, I just bulked. It just yeah. did not suit me. Yeah. But then having done 12 weeks of that, I kind of didn't want to have to then figure out another 12-week plan or, or another thing. Yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? So and people come for the guidance mm. as much a, a, as anything and... Um, you know, we're really moving on in technology and the way we can use new innovations in medicine. So um, I sometimes do a DNA test for people where they can find out exactly what they should be eating based on their certain genes. Mm. Let's take the mystery away. Let's just find out what's going on with the genes. That's the thing. It's taking the mystery away. Yeah. And it's that whole thing of we can all do um, a weight... Um, mentioning brand names be it weight law and weight watchers or whatever and everybody has different success and the other thing is everybody's body is completely different definitely like i have thick thickish wrists (laughs) and my my limbs are not they're never going to be long and gangly and rather than feel bad about that i have to just go i'm just one of those girls i'm not kate moss yeah and we have to be we have to try to be the best version of ourselves not somebody else Mm. And I think that takes a lot of practice, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> a lot of reflection and a lot of, you know, self-love. And like I said, I'm a work in progress as much as anyone. I don't have, yeah, have it all figured out Anyone who says they have got it figured out yeah. is lying to you. <laughs> I think so. I genuinely believe that. Yeah, but I think that, um, you know, it's not about being hard on yourself. You know, it's about being a bit more nurturing to yourself mm. and just think, do you know what? I just want to be a little bit better than I was yesterday. Yeah. And if I can do that, I'm on the right track. And then if I'm a little bit better than I was last month, I can give myself a little bit of a pat on the back. And yeah. if I'm not, it's okay because there's still next month to go. So I think being really gentle with yourself is important because we've got so many other things to like worry about. Mm. We don't want to add more stress on top. I love this idea that the hormones are your foundation and if you can... Get, if they are in check, would a lot of people listening to this, because we've talked about imbalances, are imbalances common or are they not common? Well, I see a skewed perspective, don't I? Because I'm only seeing people with imbalances, really. Yeah. And then there'll be a significant amount of women listening who might be on the pill. Mm. So therefore, they're not sure if their hormones are in balance or not because their estrogen and progesterone would be being suppressed but they could still have a testosterone imbalance because the pill is known to suppress your testosterone production anyway. So there could be an imbalance. Mm. Um, But I I think that there is a lot of hormone imbalance out there. And the way I can relate to it is when I was just doing normal GP work, but I was learning about hormones alongside, and people would come in with headaches or depression or even aches and pains because estrogen is very anti-inflammatory mm. so low estrogen can affect your joint pains suddenly it was like light bulbs going off everywhere like oh my god I know why this woman's getting headaches I know why she's depressed I know what's going on I know what the treatment is and that was so fulfilling because trust me you know I'm not knocking GPs at all I am from uh, a family of GPs and I am a GP and a lot of my friends are GPs so I understand the frustration, but there's nothing worse 
when you're seeing a patient in front of you asking for help and you don't know how to help them mm. that is so disempowering as a doctor it's obviously you've, you've gone into medicine to help people mm. and then all of a sudden you're like oh I really don't know what to do you're not happy the person in front of you isn't happy and it's just an all-around horrible situation so learning about hormones really helped me because I'm like I know exactly what's going on now we need to do this we need to do that I know why you're not losing weight I know why your pain is worse I know why you're depressed I know why nothing you're doing is working I know why you can't sleep it was very very empowering for me wow wow and I think as well if you if you don't know what it is yeah and I said this from personal experience and you sort of say a few times I can't lose weight because people do begin to eye roll I've been to personal trainers and said oh I had a hormone imbalance when I was a kid and they were like yeah well if you do your 45 minutes on the stair whatever then you know that that'll melt off it doesn't always Mm. insulin levels could be elevated as well so not diabetes but pre-diabetes and again that causes you to store fat Mm. so that's not being addressed then that's an issue as well so in conclusion because we're coming to the end of our time together but in conclusion hormone balancing and could alleviate uh, symptoms of stress and anxiety. Yeah. A difficulty in losing weight, skin. Yeah. Um, various other things. There are much more complicated topics. Obviously, you've touched on fertility, which I think we should explore in a completely separate show. Sure. Um, but yeah, it just feels like everybody should and tiredness actually I've been wanting to segue into tiredness for a while because that's the most common symptom that my friends say to me really common Um, and you've written a book about that I have yeah it's called The Tiredness Cure and I wrote it when I was doing a lot of normal NHS GP work on a council estate in Port Talbot in South Wales which is where I'm from actually Mm. Um, wasn't the festival there this weekend oh I'm not sure Port Talbot I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm not a festival girl. <laughs> um, I am. <laughs> Volunteer at Glastonbury in the medical tent. Do you? Yeah, I do. The <laughs> stories from that medical tent must be amazing. It's good fun, it's good fun. <gasps> um, but yeah, the book I wrote when I was doing a lot of normal general practice work, and it was very much aimed at um, the people I was seeing day in, day out, mm. and thinking, what can you do if you don't know where to start and you know you can't go to a private clinic what can you do yourself Mm. to to help yourself and it kind of goes into the reasons why you're tired which could be thyroid which you haven't even talked about maybe we'll do that another day um, well um, no we've got time actually okay let's talk about thyroid okay so um in terms of uh thyroid the main symptoms people have if their thyroid is out of balance is weight gain low mood low energy seeing a common theme here there are three very common symptoms that can be caused by lots of different things and people often feel like well it must be my thyroid it must be my thyroid and it might be your thyroid um, but maybe it isn't maybe it's a different type of hormone that's causing the issue if someone's sitting in front of you and they're saying low mood this that and the other yeah what would make you what would be the tipping point to make you say let's check your thyroid Um, I think if it hasn't been checked before, it hasn't been looked into, um, then I think it's definitely worth checking and finding out. And um, quite often on the NHS, you can only get quite a small limited thyroid check done. And that's not your GP being difficult. Mm. That's all they're allowed to do. Whereas I will look at the different levels and make sure there's no autoimmune disease going on and those sorts of markers as Mm. well. So um, I think it can definitely be worth checking 
But um, like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, if the thyroid is normal, Mm. then that's not my cue to go, you're fine, live with it, you'll be okay. Mm. That's my cue to go, it isn't your thyroid, but you do have the symptoms. Mm. So what else might be going on? Interesting. Yeah. So sorry, tiredness cure. So tiredness, we've got thyroid, we've got vitamin uh, and mineral imbalances, Um, It could be something in your diet, like a lot of sugar. It could be the chemicals in our environment and in our plastics and in our makeup, sorry. (laughs) Um, And then there's also what the other part of the book is, what do we do about it? So if this is what the issues are, then what can we do about it? There's a little quiz at the front of the book so you can figure out what is your most pressing issue. There's a bit on gut health in there as well. And then you can go to the relevant chapter. Um, And then there's also like a three-week plan in the book that gives you, um, you know, a uh, quite a, a, not basic, basic, but, you know, like a foundation of a nutritional plan that you can follow over three weeks that kind of cuts out all Mm. the processed stuff and um, gets lots of good fruit and veg into your system. And there's some recipes in there that you can build up and try Mm. to kind of, address a lot of the issues we look at but it's not just um what's going on in your diet there's also looking at what's going on spiritually and journaling and meditation Mm. and building those things in over the three weeks so i think if we only focus on the physical like i've said we're missing a big part of the puzzle Mm. because that is when you put the plaster over the yeah and it will only do so much yes yes we need to look at all aspects and some aspects will feel more uncomfortable than others so um sometimes i say to patients you know what are the ones what are the things you want to start with and what are the things that feel like not very um easy to do and um you get the most benefit from the things that are going to feel the hardest really that's probably the thing you need to address the most it's the thing is that it's like for me it's yoga yeah so whatever you're putting off you're probably going to get a lot of benefit from. And this is going to sound really kooky, but I um, was meditating a lot a few months ago and I've just fallen out of the regular habit. Yeah. But I um, was noticing that when I was speaking to people, I would almost just get like... (laughs) This is so weird. But I talked about it before. I was talking to this chap and I just said, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Did you used to be a dancer? (laughs) Really? And I felt like... And I was talking to a friend about it at the weekend, and she said, "Well, maybe you, maybe you had done that yeah. thing that meditation can do with your brain, where You're it kind of changes sixth it." Sixth sense. Yeah, it just opens your mind up to see more. Not yeah. that. Anyway, that could be a it's load of cool. old nonsense, but no, I, mean, I think you know we we do have a natural intuition mm. for ourselves, for other people, and you have to tap into that. But we mm. only tap into it once we get rid of all the other nonsense going on everywhere. There's a sense of finding some clarity and just working on the ground work. Yeah. But if you don't know what that is... Yeah, that's a tricky bit. If you don't know where to start, then it feels completely overwhelming Mm. and you're like, I just don't know what to do. And like you said, you can keep that diary. If you want to figure out what foundations you need to work on, keep that diary, have a look... If it's a consistent problem with that's digestive, the yeah. symptoms are digestive, go down that yeah, route. Yeah, definitely. But if it's definitely in a cycle, mm. then explore the hormone issue. And I guess you could do that with the tools and the quiz that's in the tiredness quiz. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Well, I'll put the link to that. Is that available on Amazon? It is, yeah. Okay. I'll put the link to that in the show notes to make sure that listeners can find it really easily. Great. Um, I feel like... 
what I would like to do, and I hope that you're in agreement, is if, you, if you're listening to this show and you have any specific questions that you would like me to ask Zahir, if you'd like us to dig into a specific topic around hormones, email us or email me, thebeautypodcast.gmail.com, and I will chat to Zahir and maybe we can do this again, yeah. answering very specifically um, some of these things. Because it is having been in a fog of it for a long time, I would say it was over two years. Yeah. I would like to be on the rescue mission. I don't mind. You can, you can be at the top. You can lower <laughs> me down on the rope. And I want to grab as many listeners as possible and help them yeah, out of definitely. that rut. Because yeah. it feels... I think I said to Sahar on email, she said she was checking in. I said, oh, how are you doing? And I said, it, it just made me realise how much effort it's taken to be a really shit version of myself <laughs> for the last two years. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I do what I do. It's, you know, to help people, to empower people. Um, you know, I said I do see men, but I think especially mm. women, you know, hormones really knock them a lot. Mm. They lose their identity, their confidence. And, you know, I'm a big fan of women and empowering women yeah. and helping women to be the best versions of themselves. And uh, that's why I do what I do. I know. And you said that on the email, you said, and I... But I totally believe you. I don't think you're spinning me a line. Yeah. I think when I, I know that when I tell you that, you're going to probably sit at home and do an air grab. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> on the tube, actually. It's like, yes, on the tube when I got your email. <laughs> Thank you so much. And listeners, I do mean that. Let's get some questions in and let's really get... Because Sahar knows a lot. <laughs> and she does have the answers. So email in and we'll do another show with you. And get really specific but in the meantime follow the link on emmaguns.com where you'll find the link to the tiredness cure I'll also put a link to all your social media handles and Omnia and yeah. everywhere else that you can find her <laughs> so that um, she uh, you know who she is and where to find her but um, Sarah thank you so much for chatting to me thank you Emma we've covered so much ground <laughs> but I feel informed and empowered and hopeful and I hope the listeners do too me too Thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I do hope you enjoyed it. I appreciate your time hugely. If you did enjoy it and you never want to miss an episode, then please do hit the subscribe button wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. It's also where you get the opportunity to leave a five-star review and a rating for how you feel about the show. And I'd be so grateful if you wouldn't mind leaving one. If you want to get in touch with me, email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Or you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. If you fancy chatting to me and thousands of other fellow listeners of the podcast, then click the link to join the Facebook forum. The link to join is in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode you have to answer a couple of questions but we cannot wait to see you there come over and join the conversation thank you so much for listening i will see you on the next one
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.